We have all been there as executive directors. You have a staff who are continually missing the mark and absolutely refuse to make use of the feedback they receive, leaving both you frustrated and looking for the exit. But how do you make sure that the feedback you provide is received and influences future behavior? Well, spoiler alert, there are no guarantees, but you can be intentional about your approach for optimum impact. Today's episode will review six requirements for giving feedback which enhance your chances that your thoughts will be heard. You can hear the full episode at relishyourrole.com slash 16. You're listening to Relish Your Role Podcast, a free resource for women nonprofit EDs created by me, Dr. Nancy Fournier. After many years of running a nonprofit and consulting, I realized effective leadership is directly tied to the health of the ED's various work relationships. And that's why this podcast will focus on how women nonprofit leaders can gain mastery to manage up, down, and across their agencies for maximum impact. It's time to find your authentic voice and lead with confidence. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. When giving corrective feedback to staff, it's important to be guided by what we know about human behavior. We know that people respond better to positive reinforcement than they do to negative observations. And if you've experienced as someone who's always critical, you'll be avoided, or the staff will tune out when you start to talk. I call that the teenager response. There's an expectation for negative interaction so the ears are clamped shut before you begin to speak. As a rule, if you can provide a higher ratio with more positive responses than criticism, the person you're talking to will more likely be receptive. There are six general tips for you to use to make sure your feedback is heard and used to shape future behavior. Here are the six tips. Your feedback specific. Your feedback is timely. Your feedback is balanced. Your feedback is based on your experience. Your feedback is based on behavior observed and not motivations assumed. And finally, your feedback leaves space for interaction. So let's start with specific feedback. When you're providing feedback, you want to be as precise as possible. It's best to tie your feedback to specific behavior or recurring patterns of behavior and be as explicit about what you're responding to. The more specific you are, the greater the chances are that that person can understand what you're talking about. Statements like, you always, makes it easy to get sidetracked about how often the behavior occurs and takes the focus away from the behavior itself. Now, let's talk about being timely. The closer you can provide feedback to the behavior or the event itself, the more likely it's going to be received. Memory can exaggerate things or end up with you bringing in other things that are not directly tied to the behavior. While it's ideal that you provide feedback as close to the time when the behavior occurs, you also need to be intentional about the timing. It's usually a mistake to provide feedback immediately after the problematic behavior happened. If you're in the moment and purely reacting, it's likely you're not providing thoughtful, corrective feedback. And the purpose of giving feedback is it helps the staff identify, understand, and make adjustments so it doesn't occur in the future. Most likely this won't happen if you're angry or or frustrated or flustered when you give that feedback. You need to think through and prepare what you're gonna say. 
clearly identify the behavior which is problematic and explain why it's an issue of concern. Ideally, the concern should be centered on the expectations for what the staff is expected to do and why they're expected to do it. It's most impactful if you can provide feedback which explains why their behavior is not aligned with the missions and the values of the agency. For example, we respect our clients. Showing up late for an appointment is not valuing your time and is seen as disrespectful. You don't want to give feedback to the staff in front of others, as you're most likely to trigger a defensive rather than an accepting posture. Remember, your goal is that you're heard in the spirit of partnership to improve behavior, not to scold. Timing is the key to make sure you create a receptive environment. And you want to have balanced feedback, and that's a tricky balancing act. You need to be frank about the behavior, which is troublesome, but if you are just unleashing a string of all the ways the person is not meeting expectations, they'll probably just stop listening. On the other hand, if you disguise the corrective feedback in a listing of all the things they do well, your major point may be lost. So the balance is to identify the strengths and the gains made, as well as the areas that need to be addressed. Ideally, you can place the problematic behavior in the context of things they do well and how the specific behavior you need to address is in contrast to their other skills. Your purpose is for improvement and you want to build on their strengths, so it should be natural to reference those strengths when identifying areas for improvement. Remember, nobody's all bad or all wonderful. The problematic behavior should be presented as something which is counter to their strengths and you build on that. And you base your feedback on your experience. Feedback's most effective when it's honest and it's based on what's personally experienced. If there are concerns about how the staff is interacting with their peers, the feedback you provide has to be rooted on your experience of the person. If you see a pattern of them being dismissive or not working collaboratively with others, the feedback has to be tied to what you as the manager experience. It is a lose-lose proposition to provide feedback on behavior you have no first-hand experience with. You do experience the impact of late reports, of staff complaints, and that you can respond to. What you can't respond to is behavior you do not see. And that's not to say you don't address those things, but you're sharing it with them, the impact of their behavior, rather than discussing the behavior itself. You see the difference? It's one thing to provide feedback that you're receiving negative reports or that the expected work is not completed. Those things you can own and you have experienced. But you will find things will devolve quickly if the feedback's not based on your own experience. When you have to respond to someone else's perception of behavior, you can be seen as taking sides. So the feedback has to be based on observed behavior and not guessed motivations. This is where things usually break bad. Your responsibility is to provide feedback on the staff's behavior. You want to be clear about describing the behavior and not make generalizations because you don't know why that person behaved the way they did. When you ascribe motivations to behaviors like saying you don't like your manager so you didn't follow through on the instructions you were given, you're stepping into the realm of conjecture. You really don't know why people do what they do. You can only speak to what you observe and its impact. Your goal is to help them become self-aware and see the impact of their behavior. You may shift to a more coaching mode in the process and help them connect their behavior to their motivations, but that's for the person you're providing feedback to do. 
It is shaky ground to wait in guessing someone else's motivation and should be avoided if you want to maintain an open and a productive relationship. And you want to provide feedback to enhance self-awareness and growth. And in order to set the stage for this, it needs to be given in the context of a dialogue. And that means there has to be opportunity for discussion. You need to listen more than you speak. Allow the person to share their perspective. This is an opportunity to learn more about them and their understanding of why they did what they did. You help them process, come to a common understanding of what the consequences of their behavior was, and think through a different way that a response can occur in the future. The positive relationship and alignment of expectations comes through dialogue and interaction. Make sure you give feedback in a way which opens people up and not shut them down. And these six attempts, these six lists of things will help you do so. It's like so many elements of leadership. It takes thoughtful intentionality and planning, but it's a key element of being an effective leader. And you can do it, and I am here to help. Thanks for listening today. I know the job you have is hard and appreciate the work you do every day. I help women nonprofit EDs manage their work relationships and lead with their authentic voice. Learn more about me and my services at relishyourrole.com. And if you're getting value from this podcast, please share it with other nonprofit leaders. The more support we receive, the greater our impact. Till next time.